Welcome to the CMC Podcast, where our mission is to inspire you to be a doer of the Word. Today's message is brought to you by our lead pastor, Tim Brooks. When I met with Josh and Paul and we talked about our direction for our Wednesday night services and what were we going to do on Wednesday night, uh, Josh just said, how can the parables in the Sermon on the Mount not be our subject? If we're going to talk about the kingdom of God, then how can we not talk about the parables? When most all parables begin with the kingdom of God is like. So if we're going to study the kingdom of God, we're going to have to study the parables. The kingdom of God is like. If the kingdom of God is our theme, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus' sermon on the mountainside, that's the constitution of how the kingdom operates. So this year, on Wednesday nights, we're going to be diving into... The kingdom of God is like, and the kingdom of God operates like this. I want to take just a few minutes and introduce and kick off our Wednesday nights before we get started this next week. In today's mindset, or in the thinking of people today, our brains, our thinking has become so very, very compartmentalized. So very compartmentalized. And we walk in this compartment, we walk out, shut the door, we walk in this compartment, and and we, we, our thinking has become so compartmentalized. And we have secular thoughts and a secular way of thinking, and, and we walk right out of that and walk into religious thoughts and a religious way of thinking. And too often, those two don't ever even come together. It, it's just on and off. And, and in fact, across the world, we've got folks coming to church on a regular basis. And, and they walk in ready to think spiritual thoughts. They walk in ready to worship God and enjoy worshiping God. People enjoy worship. Uh, worship is a thing right now. Folks enjoy worship. They like it. And then they walk out of intense worship. They go to places and worship at 6 or 7 at night until 11 or 12. And I'm 5 and 6 hours of worshiping and worshiping and worshiping. And they love it. And then walk out of that and a, and a switch flips. It... it Off goes any spiritual thinking and on goes our secular thinking that is completely void of God. A Christian that is in church on Sunday, on Monday morning, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how this is ever going to work out. I'm so worried about our future. I tell you, this president has me so scared. No correlation to a sermon on Sunday on faith, and you amend it. Waving your white hanky, amen. And then a switch flips. Sunday, raising hands, singing, praising Pastor, what a great word. And Monday, temper flies off, bad attitude. You just, boy, you get us, you get us in a ball game. And, and the thing is, 
It's when you get somebody, their kid gets fouled and it's not called. You get me in a rodeo and there's hundreds of kids out there, but you let the flag be slow dropping on my grandson and I'm crawling over that fence. I mean, clearly that rope was tight and you standing there, drop the dead gum flag and I can let him know all the way across that arena, drop the flag. Mad, cussing, cussing. I'm talking about cussing. Friday, stopped by the bar and you wasn't witnessing. Saturday, horrible, ungodly movie. Sunday, pull into the church parking lot and we flip this switch and we're raising our hands and we're praising and I love our church. And on the way out, great word, pastor. Oh, I just love our church. We got to address this because this is where much of Christianity is today. This is where much of the church world functions today. Hebrews 4.12, the Word of God is alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword cutting between the soul and the spirit, between the joint and the marrow. The Word of God judges... Our innermost thoughts. The Word of God judges our innermost desires. Now, we talk a lot about this. When we are lost, our spirit is dead. But when you are saved, when you are born again, you were first born of a natural birth, then you've been born again. You have been born of the Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, see, now lives on the inside of you. Now, folks, that's 24-7. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you from 10.15 to 11.45 on Sunday morning. We got to understand, the, the Word of God is alive and it judges our thoughts and our desires on Tuesday at 3 o'clock. That thought is not right. No, 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 that, that, that thought's not right. That desire is not right. You have a thought. I mean, you have thoughts all the time. You're going to have wrong thoughts. But as soon as you have that thought, then a scripture comes to your mind, and then you tell yourself that thought is a wrong thought. How do I know that thought is wrong? Because the Word of God, is, is this making sense? See, I used to think that thought all the time, didn't think nothing about thinking that thought. Because everybody I ran with thought that thought. It's just a natural thought. But see, whenever you, be, when you become born again, the Spirit of God lives inside you. The Word of God is inside you. And a thought that you used to think and not think nothing about thinking that thought. Now, wait a minute, I can't think that thought anymore. Now, you don't feel guilty for thinking that thought. Don't feel less of a Christian for thinking that thought. Tim, I just feel so, I'm just so defeated. I have bad thoughts. 
We all do. You want to have some bad thoughts, put your movie camera in my head. We all got bad thoughts, but I don't think on them for hours. That I, whoa, whoa. I take that thought captive, I turn that off, and I get me another thought, and you start thinking on this thought. You can stop thinking what you were thinking, and you can start thinking something else. Amos chapter 7, God's word is our plumb line. That shows us when we're straight up and plumb is a carpentry word that shows you when you're straight up and down. Whoa, you a little out of plumb right here. See, God's word shows me when I'm straight up and down. This year we're focusing on living a life in the kingdom of God. That's all the time. We're going to be talking about this year living a life in the kingdom of God. It's kingdom living. See, you live in the kingdom of God. And we're seeking first that lifestyle. It's not my will, but his be done. That's what I'm seeking first. And we got to learn how to live in it. We don't know how to live in it. You know how to live in the world. You practice that a long time. You got a lot of mentors around you. You had a bunch of high school buddies that mentored you in living in the world. They showed you what to do. But what I got to do is I've now got to be washed in the word. I've got to have my mind transformed and be mentored in how to live in the kingdom of God. We're learning how to live in it. And living in the kingdom of God is not having the sin nature call the shots. See, before I was saved, your sin nature called the shots. It dictated to you how you lived. Before I was saved, my sin nature told me how to respond to the boss. See, before you were saved, you know good and well how to respond to a boss. See, before you were saved, you know how to respond to a spouse that you're mad at right now. Give her a piece. I'll tell you what I do. I got she. See, you know how to respond to a spouse from an unsaved point of view. See, you know how to respond to kids. You go in there and you scream and you yell and you holler at them and you kick that door off the hinge. No son of mine's ever going to, you're going to. See, I'm, you know how to rant and rave with a kid from a sin nature. You know how to relax in a sin nature. You know how to entertain with a sin nature. You know how to go out and have you some fun with a sin nature. But I'm changing kingdoms. I don't live in that kingdom anymore. I lived there and it didn't work out. See, you lived there and it didn't produce a lot of fruit. I I lived there and it didn't make the happiness that it promised it was going to make. See, you live. So I want to get in another kingdom. So we're changing kingdoms. Well, when you change kingdoms, you change kings. Now, who was your king? Your sin nature told you every move to make. No longer is the sin nature king or ruler. We're under a new king. Well, how does my new king want me to live? Psalms 119, 133. Guide my steps by your word, so I will not be overcome with evil. Verse 105. Thy word is a lamp to my feet 
and a light to my path. See, God's word guides our step each day of the week. Now, the key to our study this year is going to be in Mark chapter 4. You can just put your ribbon there and get ready for it. Before we really get into the parables and the Sermon on the Mount, the key to understanding this whole thing is going to be in Mark chapter 4, and that's where Josh is going to start us out next Wednesday. As we start this off, we're going to talk about Mark chapter 4, and Josh is going to teach this. And if he fumbles a ball, then I'll have to get up and fix this. Because Mark chapter 4 is vital that you understand God's word is seed. It's not a holy book that we put on the shelf. God's word, Mark chapter 4, God's word is seed. So Josh is going to start us out next week and we're going to be talking about this. Wednesday nights for us this year is going to be like a farmer sowing seed. That's what we're going to be doing, sowing seed. Now, the only reason you plant a seed, it's not for the fun of it. The only reason you plant a seed is to get a harvest. I want to put one seed in the ground and I put one apple seed in the ground. I'm going to look at the jillion apples. See, the only reason I'm out here planting seed, the only reason I'm coming on Wednesday night is because this is like a farmer planting seed and I come here on Wednesday night expecting a harvest. And for those that are going to be here on Wednesday night, here's what's going to happen to you. You're going to see a harvest in your marriage. Your your marriage will take on a new meaning when it'll take on a new relationship, when the Word of God begins to transform your mind, there's going to be a harvest in your finances. All of a sudden, you're going to have better control of your finances. All of a sudden, they're not going to be going more out the window than coming in the front door. See, all your finances is going to take on a new... See, seed, and we're going to see a harvest financially. All of a sudden, you're going to have less of a bad attitude and more of a better attitude every day. As a result of sowing seed, we're going to start harvesting a level of happiness that you've never lived in. Now, you had some happy moments, but you live in a level of happiness. How was your day today, baby? It was great. How was your day? I had a ball today. How was your day? You're not going to believe what happened. Well, everything worked out and it came together and I had a good day. How was your day? Oh my God, it was horrible. That's not kingdom living. That's not life in the kingdom. How was your day? It was fun. I had, I, I had a great day. I got a lot of things accomplished today. I mean, I can't even believe how much I made happen today. See, my health changes. Your health starts lining up with the word. Uh, all of a sudden, I feel better. My mind's clearer. See, there's a heart. We don't come to church because we don't have anything on Wednesday night to watch on TV. See, we come to church because we're planting seed and I'm expecting a harvest. So when I get up on this 
stage and I tell our Sunday morning crowd, you want to be here Wednesday night, it don't have nothing to do with me wanting to build a big crowd on Wednesday night. Fact is, if all of you'll just stay home, I'll go turn the lights on in my arena and ride my horse. So the reason I want folks to come on Wednesday night is so there is a harvest in their life. We're not having Wednesday night church so you can be late getting your kids to bed. You know, it is a school night. You know, the only time I hear it is a school night's on Wednesday. It's never a school night when you want to go do something else. Never. Hey, you want to go to to Little Rock? You bet I'm all in. I don't ever get, no, it's a school night. Hey, you want to go to rodeo? Oh, I've worked today. I'm pretty tired. I'm ready. But you get that. It's it's only a school night on Wednesday night. I've worked all day. I'm just wore out. There's a harvest in your life. See, coming here on Wednesday night, it's going to be a harvest in your life. Now, depending upon the soil, it's going to be a 30 or a 60 or a 100-fold. But it's going to be a harvest. That's why I'm going to be here. Because I want that harvest in all areas of my life. Okay, back to 2 Timothy 3.16. The church world has got to memorize verse 16. All scripture is inspired by God. That's not a take it or leave it matter. That's not a, well, I like this verse, but I don't like that verse. All scripture is inspired by God. Now, here's what it is. It's very useful. See, it's very useful. What good is it? Well, let me explain to you. It teaches us what is true. It makes us realize what is wrong. I didn't realize that was wrong. I didn't know that was wrong. But when I read the Word of God, it makes me realize, you know, I shouldn't be saying that. You know what? I just realized I shouldn't be talking like that. You know what? I just realized I shouldn't, be, I shouldn't be thinking those thoughts. It's useful. It's useful. Why do we want to do Wednesday nights? Because it's useful. It is useful. I get it. You're physically tired on Wednesday night. Just FYI, just, I mean, maybe you don't know. I didn't lay in bed all day today my own self. I'm more smooth slap out. You're sitting there nodding off, kind of in and out. I don't have that luxury right now. I, I didn't want to come either. My flesh does not want to come either. I don't want to be here. But why am I here? It's useful for me. It, by, by me being here, I'm going to have a better marriage. By me being here... I'm going to be healthier mentally and physically. By me being here, I'm going to have more peace and more joy in my life. See, it's, there is a reason that I'm here. And it's not because I was so rested. As a matter of fact, when the sun starts going down, so do I. And don't ask me if I'm tired because I'm always tired. I'm always tired. So I don't ask my flesh if you want to go to church. If you ask your flesh, 
do you want to go to church? Here's the answer, no. Well, you know, we need to. Well, I'm tired. Well, it's a school night. Well, we've been up late. Well, we had a ball game last night. We're going to have a ball game next. Well, you know, my back hurts. My toe hurts. Well, I gotta, I'm going to stay home. And well, I got to do laundry tonight. I mean, you know, if you ask your flesh, do you want to go to church? You will always remember the laundry that you haven't done. Here, that's just what I'm telling you. So how am I here? I didn't ask my flesh. I didn't consult with my flesh. I didn't say, are you too tired? Do you want to go? I'm going to be here as a farmer sowing seed. Now, I want all of our members of our church to to start coming to church expecting to grow. Come in here expecting to mature. See, I, I want to get a mindset. When you come to church and you get out of that car, I'm looking to gain something that's going to help me in my life. I, I, I know how to live in the world. I don't know how to live in the kingdom of God. So I'm getting out of my car and I'm walking in there, not because I'm rested, not because I feel good, not because I want to, but I'm walking those doors because I want to go to the next level in life. Come in expecting that to happen. Then next... Allow the word to have a lifestyle effect on you. We, we talk about it all the time. It never ceases to amaze me in all of the years of pastoring a church. The folks that come for 20 years, and they're as bad as they were when they first came. And folks that have been here six months, and they're just changing and changing and maturing and growing, and their relationship with the Lord is maturing. And, and you, what's the difference? It's the attitude you come in in. I want our church to come here expecting God's word to wash my mind. And it needs washing. I'm just telling you, I've had bad thoughts this week. I got to wash these thoughts out. I want the word of God to transform me and renew me. Okay, 2 Timothy 3.16. Inspired by God. Teaches us what's true. Makes me realize what's wrong It corrects me when I'm wrong, and it teaches me to do right. I was with a guy that ropes for a living yesterday. He rode up beside me, and he said, if you'll do this and this on your swing, you're going to have better results. And I didn't punch him. I didn't say, who died and left you king? I didn't say, are you judging me? I appreciated his input. See, that's what the word does. We're not judging you. I'm not running you down. I'm not criticizing you. I want the word to speak to me and make me realize what I'm doing wrong in my life. Now, this is how we live. This is a lifestyle The Word of God makes me realize I'm wrong. Now, let me take this a step further. You're not wrong in the fact that she was fouled and it was not called. You're not wrong. I'm not wrong. I've got my grandson on video on the rodeo run he made. I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. Right here it is. I'm not wrong. 
What was wrong was my attitude. What was wrong was my response. What was wrong was the way I handled it. What was the wrong was the thoughts that I let run through my head. And because we're not wrong in what happened, then we don't repent of our attitude. And we think our bad attitude is justified because of what he or she did or said or the way they acted. So I am justified to give them a good cussing because they had it coming. What you got to understand is you're wrong. You're wrong. Well, I'm not wrong. I got it on video. Your attitude's wrong. Jesus, and we're going to see this. Jesus over and over said, you've heard it said but I'm going to tell you, I, I got it. On the video, you're, you want to see the video? I don't need to see the video. You're right. What I'm telling you is the inside of your heart is not in the place it needs to be. Your attitude, your emotions, your thoughts, the way you're handling this. See, you're not wrong in what your wife said or did. She was wrong in what she did. You were wrong in the way you handled that situation. That's what the Word of God does for us in our life. I hate, oftentimes I really hate preparing messages to preach. Because the very day I'm to deliver them. This morning, I called this guy. Well, the fact is, my first call was three weeks ago about some work needed to be done. And he said, I will be there at the end of this week. I'll be there on Thursday or Friday. I will call you and let you know. Okay. The next week, two weeks ago, I called. Yeah, I got busy. I'll be there the first of the week. Okay. That was Monday of this week. No call, hadn't heard from him. So today I called. He acted like he didn't know me. I said, hey man, we've talked several times about this. So then I, I, just, I just ask, is this what you do? Well, then I begin to get a delivery on how long I've been doing this 25 years. And I've done this, and I've been doing this 25 years, and I've been doing okay. okay, well, see, so as he's given me this deal, y- y'all watch the cartoons in that red? <laughs> you know, it, and then it gets in here, and I don't know, but my eyes start burning. And, and I start getting pressure behind my eyes. And that's when I know it's really getting serious, when it gets red right back here. And then there gets a red tint in the world. And then you feel your blood pressure. And, and I can feel I'm cocked. You know, you know what that feeling is. Don't act like, come on. Everybody just sit here and act spiritual, but I know you know exactly what I'm, see, I'm cocked. Just side note. This doesn't have nothing to do with this. If you ever get in a jam and you need somebody told off, <laughs> son, I can tell somebody off. I'm talking about I can, I can jump up in somebody's face and the words come to me that just, I'm good. So just to keep that, if you need somebody jerked around, you let me know.
Okay, I'm not wrong. Uh, I'm not wrong. Let me just tell you this, young people. When you tell somebody you're going to be there on Friday, you be there on Friday. Or something comes up and things do come up. I get it, you're busy, but you ain't too busy to make a phone call. I am so sorry. I told you I would be there Friday at 10 o'clock and I can't make it. This has happened that I didn't plan on. That's happened and I didn't get this job finished. But I'm calling a day ahead of time to let you know, don't sit there and wait on me all day on Friday. I am so sorry. I apologize. But I will be there at 9 o'clock on Monday morning. You got time to call somebody. Now, kind of a little steam off. I'm not wrong. You call somebody. That's the right way to handle that. But all scripture is inspired by God. When we get into Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, I read, God blesses those who are merciful. God blesses those whose hearts are pure. And at that moment on the phone, my heart was neither one of those. We're going to see God blesses the humble. I'm not going to go into my, but anyway, I was not. Now, I've studied this a whole lot because I've looked for it. I've tried every way in the world to find it. And here's what we're going to find out. God never blesses those who fly off the handle. Because I've looked. God never blesses those who cuss. A whole lot to this guy, and he needed a good cussing. I've looked. God never blesses those who slam a door. The door slammers will be blessed. God never blesses those who slam the door, stomp down the hall. You can hear them all through the house. God blesses the stompers. God blesses those who kick something over as they walk. So I like that. You paid for the lamp, you just knocked it over and busted it. God blesses those who kick the TV. See, God, it's not there. How many want to be blessed? Okay, I want to be blessed. I'm asking God to bless me, but God blesses the humble. God blesses the merciful. God blesses the peacemaker. But I want to fly off the handle at this guy right now and set him straight. God never blesses those who do that. So I am wanting desperately to live a very blessed life. Then in order to do that, I'm going to have to understand how the blessings flow in this kingdom. We're going to have to understand that. God never blesses those who get irate. Romans 8, 6. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. This is our first pursuit this year. See, we're going to seek first. We're going to seek first putting the sin nature and its control of us down, and we're going to seek first letting the spirit that's inside us direct our path. Verse 11, 
the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead now lives inside you. And that's not just in Sunday morning when the lights are down. Verse 13, you and I don't have to live by the dictates of that sinful nature. Mad, anger, frustration. I don't have to live in that kingdom any longer. I can live in a kingdom of peace and joy and happiness in the Holy Ghost. That's where I can live. In this world, those who live according to the dictates of the flesh, the carnal nature, the sin nature, that's the guy that kicks over the coffee table. That's the guy that grabs a chair and throws it. That's the guy that slams the door. There's no peace. That guy lives in stress. He lives in high blood pressure. That guy has ulcers. That guy lives with diarrhea. That guy lives with a wife that hates him. That guy lives with kids that hate him. That guy lives with a wife that is embarrassed by the way you act. But a life lived in the kingdom of God operates differently, and that life is very, very blessed. Now, you can write this down. I have never, ever been full of peace when I slam a door. So I've tried. Oh, that made me peace. I'm just so at peace now. I jump up in somebody's face and let them have it. Now then, no. You fly off the handle and you get in your truck and your heart's still beating 100 miles an hour. You can feel your face, the heart beating in your face. And all you can think about is two more lines you wish you would have given them. And, you're, and so the, all the way home, anger is still... See, the God of peace is not inside you. What you just did in there did not produce peace and joy and happiness in your life. When you flew off the handle in there, it didn't produce abundant life. Here's what I can tell you. I have told my wife, I'm sorry, and I'm not ever going to do that again. And peace fill that room. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm not ever going to do that again. And joy. It just, okay, peace fills that room. See, life lived in the kingdom of God is not coming to church on Sunday morning, flipping a switch and entering into praise and worship and giving of your tithes and, and amening the sermon and you love it and you walk out and flip the switch into a secular mode. James 1.22, don't just listen to God's word. you got to do what it says. Then God will bless you for doing it. And this only happens every time. When the sinful nature makes you do things, you're not happy. When the spirit makes you do things, you're happy. You're happy about that. Whether that's with your mate, with your kids, with your co-workers with people that do things for you or fix things for you or when you let the sinful nature respond to them or you let the spirit respond to them, there's a difference in the outcome in your life. We're talking about this year living in the kingdom of God and seeking that lifestyle first. All right, here's what I want to say. I am not losing life in the kingdom of God far or over Somebody who don't show up. I want him to show up. I want him to come. 
but I'm not going to lose my peace today because he didn't. I wanted to get this job done and the guy didn't do it. I wanted this part in and it came in and it was not the right part. That's not even what we ordered. But I'm not going to let that wrong part take me out of kingdom living. Now, I'll have to reorder it. I'll have to say, look, that's not what I want. I want to reorder that. But I'm not going to lose a blessed place in life and enter into a cursed place in life over some part that didn't come in. It was a 400 amp service we ordered six weeks ago. It came in today and it was a 200 amp. That was today before I preached this sermon. Okay, well, let's go ahead and get the 400 that we need, okay? But I'm not going to let that give me an ulcer, give me a heart attack, give me indigestion, and make me a jerk to be married to when I walk in the door. Because this didn't happen today for me, so now I'm going to come in and be a jerk in front of my wife. So I'm not going to lose the kingdom of God over something that happened or didn't happen. On Wednesday nights, we're going to be learning how to live in the kingdom of God. Read Mark chapter 4 for next week, and Josh is going to kick us off. It's going to be a life-changing year for us. Y'all stand. Well, we're going to change the mindset of many Christians. That... that that mindset of flipping a switch in church and, and turning it off and living in the world, we're going to live the kingdom of God. We're going to live the life that God planned on us to live. I read Genesis chapter 1 and 2, and, and God planned on us living in the garden. That's where he planned on us living, and that's where I'm going to live. Lord, we thank you for your word that shows us where we're wrong, teaches us what to do right. And Lord, we ask your Holy Spirit to direct us as we not only hear the word, but become doers. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the CMC Podcast. If you'd like to watch our sermons live or looking for more information about our church, visit cmcchurch.com or follow us on Facebook at Christian Ministries Church.